Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. I did a a radio show in in Milwaukee today. They wanted to ask me about how we felt about Aaron Rodgers here, and then, of course, getting Russell Wilson. Would you like to know the first words out of my mouth? Please tell me. Well, like an abusive husband, apparently he wanted to come back home again. That is Aaron Rodgers, because that's what he has oh, been over the last. And how and how did that line go over with I, the uh, Wisconsin audience? I don't know. I, there wasn't a there wasn't an actual physical crowd, but uh, at the end of the day, I didn't mean it literally. I'm not trying to insult anybody who has been abused because it is awful, whether it is a man or a woman. But quite frankly, um, the way he has acted. I don't want to, the word abuse is probably too strong, but you get my point. And now he just wants to come back in the house like nothing happened. Right? Yeah. I no mean, problem. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little bit, uh, I have a little bit of discomfort with, with, with that kind of phraseology. I mean, Obvi- well, you know me, you know, I don't I know. mean it that way. I know, I know. But at I the know. end of the day, you know, come on. The way, the way he treated the organization and the fans, I'm not sure if I want to come back. I'll give you my decision. How would you feel if you were a fan? I mean, I think it, you, you might not feel great, but I would say this, baby. I think he legitimately was making up his mind. He was. Yeah. But, but it doesn't feel good, does it, if I you're mean, on the other end of it? I mean, the thing is, like, Russell Wilson went about things in a much quieter way. Like, some, you know, there, there was some jack wagon on Twitter who was saying all you did was talk about Aaron Rodgers for the past, past month and a half, and he barely talked about Wilson. Well, Rodgers was the one making news. Rodgers was the one putting statements out there into the atmosphere. And Russell so- Wilson went about things. There were a couple, aside from a couple of brief moments, Russell Wilson went about things very quietly. There was nothing to discuss because there was nothing in the public forum. And his people, talking about Rodgers' people, were putting stuff out there as well. Uh-huh. Russell Wilson didn't have people putting stuff out there. Right. And that, and that I think, is... That sort of discretion, I think, in is is one reason why I would imagine if you went up to George Payton and asked him, gave him the truth serum and said, okay, which quarterback did you want? Who was your first choice? I would imagine his first choice was Russell Wilson. Actually, that's not true. You don't think so? I, I Actually, I know so. I have been told that Aaron Rodgers was the target. He was quarterback number one. Yeah. Make no mistake I think, about it. I, I think Aaron Rodgers was definitely the quarterback that Nathaniel Hackett would have wanted because of the familiarity. Might be, yeah. but for, if when I use the word Broncos, I use an umbrella over it. Yeah, Their target was Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, with all due respect, I'd rather have him anyway, and so would you, for a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, Rodgers was the number one target. If he wasn't the number one target, then they might have leaked to the media that Wilson was coming here before Rogers made his decision. Time now for the lead. 
The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Playoffs only. Is is Aaron Rodgers really that much better than Russell Wilson? Not playoffs only. If you're only taking that into account, I guess that's what matters, doesn't it? Because by the way, well, you have to get there first. Oh, well, okay. Well, um, I understand that he played with the Legion of Boom. I get that, but they weren't there for in intact four years after the fact. They started to break up like the Broncos defense started to break off in pieces. If you look at Russell Wilson's record as a starting quarterback in the regular season, he had one losing season in 10 years. And that was this past year. When he, the only time that he didn't play all 16 games. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll and he that's what I mean. I, I don't, I think there's a, a connection between the fact that Wilson missed three games and the fact that Seattle finished. And then when he came back for a couple weeks, was struggling with that finger injury. And I think there's a connection between that and the Seahawks finishing below 500 for the first time. Okay. So if you want to take that out of the equation, I'm fine with that. It just makes my argument stronger. So for the first nine seasons he played in the league, they had a winning record, and eight of those were double-digit wins. Is Aaron Rodgers really that much better anyway, the way he leads his team? In the regular season? Probably not. But now when you talk about the playoffs, since Aaron Rodgers won his only Super Bowl and the only one he went to, Russell Wilson went to two. And you can make the case he should have won both of them, but he didn't. Rodgers winning the Super Bowl, following that, his playoff record is 7-9. and nine. Russell Wilson's playoff record is nine and seven. So is it really that much of a drop off? Not really. Is it? It's not all about touchdown interception ratio, is it? Because we know that Aaron Rodgers is fantastic at that. At the end of the day, it's about winning the playoffs. And it's about winning regular season games too. I don't think the drop off is as big as big as everybody thinks. I know that Rodgers is the MVP. I totally understand that. But also Aaron Rodgers is a leader in the way he's respected. I think that plays a role into wanting him even more, too. I mean, who's saying it's a big drop-off? I think what we're saying is that you have somebody who is the back-to-back MVP. I think you can say he is the best quarterback in football today. And then you're talking about Russell Wilson being somebody who, if we, when we've had the conversation, we've always said, okay, that, that collection of elite quarterbacks is always five or six elite quarterbacks, yep. right? Russell Wilson has been in that conversation. I can't recall a moment when we've had that discussion right. in the two years we've done that show, this show, and we've discussed elite quarterbacks that we haven't said Russell Wilson's in right. that conversation. Right. It just what we're talking about is Rogers is one or two on that list, and Wilson is four to six, but that is still the the quarterback that you can do everything you want to do with. Right. I mean, and that is, and frankly, that's. Another reason why I think you're talking about him being better than Justin Herbert. Why I'd, I don't agree with the notion that the Broncos are only third best in the division. And the only reason you're talking about the Broncos having the second best quarterback in the division is because of the, because of the historically historically proficient Colossus in Kansas City. Most of, most of the time, most of the history of the league, you have Russell Wilson. You have the best quarterback in your division. Period. Do you think that free agents will want to come here because because Russell Wilson is on this roster. I mean, it's not going to be... He's not going to have the the magnetic draw that, say, Tom Brady 
Has Why not? In recent years. He's, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's the two-time reigning MVP. Oh, I'm talking about Russell Wilson. No, I, I'm talking, well, I understand that. I'm I, not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has that sort of draw. Why not? Because part of it is what kind of, uh, of teammate you are. And let me put this into perspective here. Some will claim, if they're looking to make an argument, who wants to go to Green Bay? I'll tell you who wants to go to Green Bay. Reggie White wanted to go to Green Bay, and he took a huge discount. Because he wanted to play with Brett Favre and win a title. Charles Woodson. Well, 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 well. No, no, no. It, that wasn't about Favre back in 1993. Favre had a good season, but was not proven. That that was that was maybe the best sales pitch an organization has ever put together. Four for years, a, 17 million, where he could have made money to go more but, money to go someplace else. It, but it was about. But it was about Mike Holmgren coming over from San Francisco the year before. Selling Reggie White on a vision that was building exactly what they had in the, with the 49ers in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And then also it was another there was another layer to it that was the entire Packer organization because the whole thought when free agency began in 1993 was that in an era of free agency, Green Bay is going to be in trouble because how how many black players are going to want to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin? Yeah. And part of it was selling Reggie White, and White has talked about this, and Holmgren has talked about this, on you know how how there is a there is a lot of guy a lot of going back and forth and going down to Milwaukee, which has a very robust minority population and a and and a, a much more robust town culture than Green Bay, Wisconsin does. But everyone will tell you, the, getting Reggie White to agree to that. It was like that opened the door. Okay, Green Green Bay. It might not be like any other place in the league in terms of of, of social activity and things to do, but the Minister of Defense and a universally respected person says it's okay. You can make this work, and others end end up following. But it wasn't about at that moment in time because I remember what the NFL was like and what Brett Favre was like in 1993. It was not about Brett Favre. It's a, it's it, now it is more and more about the quarterback. But Kansas City has much more success attracting people than Green Bay does because more people want to play with Patrick Mahomes than with Aaron Rodgers. They're equal quarterbacks, but there's more affinity towards Patrick Mahomes. There's more affinity towards Tom Brady that players have around the league. Charles Woodson went there because of Brett Favre. That was over a decade into his career, he'd already won a Super Bowl. I understand. That's a completely, that. it's a completely different lens. You know, this Brett Favre was still a big, was a young gun question mark who'd only started one season when Reggie White Fine. signed. That's completely fair. different. Fine. Charles Woodson decided to go there. Yeah, and that and that was after Brett Favre had, as John Fox would say, skins on the wall. Well, you know what? Rogers has skins on the wall. Who's lining up to play with him? Well, it's the personality, right? Guys would rather nobody hang, is, and that's the guys point. Guys would rank, rather hang out with Brett Favre than Aaron Rodgers. That's For right. For all of Brett Favre's flaws, and yep. there are many. One of the guys, he's the Wrangler he's, wearing guy. Yeah, uh, down home, easy to get along. Everybody with, loves his beer. He got along with everybody in the locker room. That's right. Patrick Mahomes gets along with everybody in the locker room, right. which is why it's so notable that Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes are clashing because Patrick Mahomes basically doesn't have an enemy in that building, right. whether it's in the front office, the coaching staff, or the locker room. Everybody in that building gets along with Patrick Mahomes. The point is there are other guys who are willing to yeah. go to Green Bay yes. because of Brett Favre. 
because of him. After he'd established himself, yes. Okay. But and and no one is really willing to go play with Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? I think there might be some guys who are willing to come here and play with Russell Wilson. It might give a little bit of a discount. Look, this is why I said your first call on free agency should be to Rob Gronkowski. Maybe right. he'll, maybe Gronk will say no, but I think you pick up the phone. And that's part of the point of this. When you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback who does generate respect around the league, then you can make phone calls on guys that maybe would have been out of your reach. I'll give you another example. You want to, the defensive line is probably going to need a fill in, a replacement for Shelby Harris, right? Correct. You know who you pick up the phone and call? Guy from right here, Denver South High School, Clayus Campbell, becoming a free agent. The guy that He's you always wanted to play the here. The guy that you wanted, but wouldn't get, but he, but you thought you could get at a hometown discount, but you couldn't because of the state of things at that moment well, with the Broncos. On. Hold on. And what the Jaguars offered him, which was a lot of money. Hold on. I was talking to somebody who was very familiar with the negotiations. Calais Campbell was about to come here. Yes. Okay. It wasn't about the money. You know why he went to Jacksonville? Because Jacksonville came in at the last minute and offered him one more year. That's why he went. More money. And I remember standing in my backyard having this conversation, and they said to me, the person on the phone, Campbell is going to Jacksonville because Jacksonville offered one more year and L.A. did not. And the thing is, the Broncos thought that they had enough because they didn't have the best offer. But he wasn't going to give a hometown discount. Now, here it we are. It wasn't about the money. It was well, about no, the year. I, no, but that's still more money. A sure. year a year means more guaranteed. A sure. year means more money. Right? Okay. okay? Yep. And ultimately, that's what it's about. More money. Right. But here we are. We're five years later. And instead of the Broncos getting set to line up with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, as was the case back then. Now you're getting set to line up with Russell Wilson. I'm not saying they could; it'll be a hometown discount, but I'm saying that Calais Campbell will most definitely pick up the phone if the Broncos call, and you might be able to get him back home. Coming up after the break, Von Miller has been very public about how much he adores Denver. You might want to come back to the Broncos. Not so fast. He's playing you. He is playing you, according to what he just said earlier today. That's next. Is my armor, she's the tear in my heart. She's a carver, she's a butcher with a smile. Cut me far. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Well, apparently, Von Miller loves <laughs> L.A. too. Maybe a little bit more than Denver. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She's got a 12-person team to take care of you if you're looking to buy, sell, or lease. She's not a cookie-cutter type of 
realtor her team doesn't work that way either she wants to make sure you get what you want and she's going to fight for it and think of different ways to make sure that it happens so whether it's buying selling or leasing you need to work with heather taylor and her team at impact commercial real estate you can find them at impactcommercial.co time now for the buzz The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. The Von Miller stuff is just amusing to me. It is now. It it really is. It's always been. You know what he is? If, If you had to break it down in the world of psychology, you know what word would be used to describe Von Miller? He's a pleaser. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I, I wondered if that was the word because, and we've talked about Von Miller as a pleaser. Right. Even when he had the press conference via Zoom Super Bowl week and he had these fond comments for Denver and the thing that kind of hit me in that press conference is these were all questions coming from Denver reporters that he knew. Right. And thus, you gave, he was giving them an answer that pleased the audience. He's a pleaser. He's a waffler. He's a BSer. He's all of those. He things. lives in the moment as well. He does. He very much lives in the moment. He tells you what you want to hear, whether he believes it or not. So he had a conversation today with my old colleague at Fox 31, Josina Anderson, and he said about his free agent status, I want to figure it out with the Rams first and foremost because they've been real good to me. On the slim chance that can't happen, I'll explore all my options. Stop taking pictures with Cortland Sutton with cigars in your mouth. Stop putting stuff on Instagram because you said the complete opposite to Josina with what you put on social media a couple of days ago. Heck, this morning, this morning. He, the, the, he's got on his Instagram story to the tune of What's Next by Drake a picture of himself with Russell Wilson. Right. What he's trying to do when is... the caption, so what's next? He is trying to negotiate through social media to tell the Broncos he wants to come back, but believe me, he wants to come back at his price. He wants public pressure to build to bring him Back. It's actually good business sense on his part, right? It is. Yeah, and drive up the market, right? Unless create a demand. Yeah, but you can't BS a BSer. You you can't fool the person. Well, you're not going to fool George Payton. You're not going to fool me. You're not mm-hmm. going to fool you because you can smell right through that. The terminology I use about situations like this is Vaughn. I smell what you're stepping in. Yeah, <laughs> I do. You're trying to play both sides. You're trying to drive up your price. Yeah, you might want to come here because Russell Wilson's here. I get it, but you want your money. And you know what? There are probably more than a few teams willing to give Vaughn what he wants. Some of those are also teams that have very good quarterbacks of their own. Right. Here's something else. Ran into a former Broncos player today who played with Vaughn. I asked him, kind of rhetorically, because I've talked to enough people about this, and I remember saying to him, When I asked him this question, I said, hey, I want you to know that when I talk to my kids, I always set them up by saying this. Very rarely will I ask you a question that I already know the answer to. 
And then I asked him, do you think Vaughn is a good leader? He paused. He smiled, paused again, and looked at me in the eye and said, Vaughn is a great guy. And I started to laugh, and so did he. And the thing is, leaders aren't always smiles and sunshine and happiness, right? Great leaders are often the ones that kick you in the tail, right? that demand accountability. There's a... It's sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's a kick. It's, it's a frown, a kick in the butt, whatever it takes. And one of the things that happened in that locker room was, I believe there was a deference to Von Miller because he was the senior member of the team. Correct. Super Bowl MVP. Correct. Biggest contract on the roster. Correct. All, all that stuff that would say he's the alpha. And yet, and yet, his voice was not the same kind of voice that we saw from over the years, for example, Akib Tlaib, right. Chris Harris Jr., DeMarcus Ware. I mean, you could say that maybe they've never replaced DeMarcus Ware as a leader. You and know that, what else and that Vaughn, Vaughn didn't have the personality to necessarily be what D-Ware was for those three years. And you know what? I don't fault him for that because yeah. I think it's in your DNA. Right. Here, here's the biggest problem if you're not a leader and you have Vaughn's stature. You don't hold guys accountable. And that's what he wasn't very good at doing. He's a silly guy. He likes to have fun. He's a great talent. He does what he needs to do to be great. He also, the one thing he does do leadership-wise is he works well with guys one-on-one. He does. Like, he works... Ask Shaq Barrett about his years with Vaughn. Right. Ask, ask Garrett Bowles about what he learned right. from Vaughn Miller. But that's a lot different than being a team leader. And holding, Different dynamic. And when the team isn't playing well, you have to hold guys accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's not Vaughn's strong suit. I'm not suggesting he's a bad guy. He's just not a leader. I don't fault him for that. He's a Hall of Fame player. But at the end of the day, the vacuum... That was Von Miller's leadership, which there wasn't much of, was filled very quickly and filled very eagerly by Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris. I'm not suggesting they were happy when Von left because they were not. They love Von. Everybody, listen, everybody loves Von Miller. But all of a sudden, you didn't have that instinctual deference to the senior member of the team. I can take over now because yes. things need to be said. Right. And that is a Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris type of personality trait that they both have. And that's what they're going to miss without Shelby. I mean, it, it was a they had to make the deal, Russell Wilson makes this team better, but I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't lose something, especially with Shelby Harris walking out the door. They lose, a, they lose an awful lot in terms of presence and leadership. They'll be fine, and I'll tell you why, because now they finally have a guy on offense and a guy on defense. They have guys to take care of both sides of the locker room, and I said that metaphorically because I know the players on offense and defense are all mixed together. We're back in the day when mm-hmm. you and I covered the team. We still do. They were split. Mm-hmm. It's not that way anymore. It's not that way anymore. With that, you think he comes back? No. No. I think he's, he wants too much money that the Broncos are going to be willing to offer. And I don't think they're that overly eager to bring him back. I think they're looking long and hard at other edge rushers. 
think they're looking at Chandler Jones, for example, of Arizona. Who's the guy um, that used to be with Arizona? Uh, that went to Hassan. Carolina, Hassan Reddick. I think first he, round pick. I think he'll be the guy. And and you, and you know what? Remember, I, I said that I like him, and I and you know what? I know they're interested in him. And here's somebody who is mid career, but he's still kind of on the rise. Yep. Because he had to do a position shift yep. late in his time in Arizona. They worked a bit at inside linebacker, but he's a better edge. And I think with Hassan Reddick, you get somebody whose best football is probably happening right now or maybe even still in front of him. Chandler Jones has been very good the last few years, better than Vaughn Miller has, but he he might be getting toward the downside. Now, that being said, his motivation is going to be high to get one more ring to put him in the Hall of Fame. But the other thing to remember is this. It's not about just this year. The Broncos don't have to suicide for this year. They can think in terms of a player who maybe is more help, someone who has provides more benefit for the next three to four years rather than just the immediate future. Okay. Let's look at this logically, and then I know we need to hit a break. The Broncos need help on the edge. Is that right? He can play inside and outside, by the way. But he's an actual, like, he, they, he, Arizona worked him on the inside. They want him to develop there. What they found, and then Carolina Cat took advantage of it, getting him in there, right. was that he he's just a more natural edge at this point. So, in the NFL, having a solid edge rusher, a great edge rusher, is a priority. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can find guys like that in later rounds. I get it. But if you're going to get a guy in the first couple of rounds, you really need to target those guys because how much the position is valued. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have a first-round pick this year, next year. Or a second-round pick next year. Right. And they don't pick till 64 this year. Why not pick up a guy, even if you have to spend the money, who's only played five years and is only 27 and is coming off a 12-and-a-half-sack season in 2020 and 11 with the Panthers? And it says a lot they did it, uh, that he's done it with two separate teams now. Correct. And, oh, by the way, with Carolina... What was their situation last year? They were often behind, right? Remember the whole thing of, oh, uh, well, the sack total is down because we're playing from behind. There aren't that many opportunities. Reddick seemed to do very well with those limited opportunities with a team that was spent most of the year chasing. I think if they're going to spend money in free agency, and they will, I think that's a guy they target. I don't know about Eric Fisher, who was just released, but he might be a target as well. But Hassan... He will, he will be a guy that I would be shocked if he did not get an offer from the Broncos. Yeah, and I think it's there's more of a priority to spend money there. Because yep. here's the thing. You said it. The edge rusher, most of those guys you're going to find in the first two rounds. Inside linebacker, you can re-sign Josie Jewell, and then you can pick a guy in round three and develop, right? And then you said it, and then Eric Fisher... I think that just kind of depends on how much they want to spend. And then the other position that's in play very much so is uh, is, is tight end. Coming up after the break, we have some major news coming out of Major League Baseball on the Labor Talks. That's next. Rocky Mountain High. Rocky Mountain High. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Okay, so both of these stories are literally trending at this moment. Both are breaking news. Major League Baseball has canceled two more series. Uh, Baseball will not be played uh, anytime before April 13th or 14th. If indeed the season does start despite these cancellations, the Rockies will open the season at home against the Chicago Cubs. Which, as I just said on Twitter, when it's Rockies-Cubs for the home opener, those are all-time drinking days in downtown Denver. Even by opening day standards. Yeah. The Cubs openers, if the Cubs come in, uh, let's just say you you go to the game, you will have beer spilled on you. That's right. an away game for the Rockies. It is? I thought no, that, no. That I, just mean, I just mean in terms oh, of, of how many oh, fans okay. would yes. be there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it says they're at home. Yeah, it, it, but yes, you're right. They should put a warning on Rockies-Cubs when it's the Rockies home opener that when you walk in, like when you go on one of those log flume rides or when you go to see like a, go to a sea world or something, they say, if you're in the first few rows, you will get wet. Should be like, if you go to this game, you will get beer on you. I mean, I, look at, I look at the local media in town and I'm going to include Les Shapiro in this Les from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Kreckman from the Chicagoland area. All of us grew up Cubs fans. Yeah. And there, I think there are more than a few others. That have Chicago ties. There may well be actually more more people in this market than list the Cubs as their favorite team than the Rockies. Right. Uh, here's the other piece of breaking news. Cronky uh, Sports announces that effective this Saturday, COVID protocols will no longer be in effect at Ball Arena. So that is great for anybody going to see the Avalanche mm-hmm. or the Nuggets or any concerts that they have coming up. How are you? How are you feeling about this? Because while I have been more than pretty strict about this stuff, I haven't seen you in a mask in a long time. Uh, not in here. But you used to walk in here with a mask on all the time. I well now because because in this in this building now I know that I'm only coming to close contact with you guys, right? Both of us are sick all the time. Yeah, well stop. And then Dan, you know, Danny and Andrew and anyone else around here. Obviously, I, I you know I'm I'm married to a family of doctors, so I talk with them a lot about it. And after their after consultations with them and evaluating the situation, my kind of line of demarcation for wearing a mask it mask is in crowded indoor areas. All right. Yep. So I will say, for example, even though you don't have to wear a mask at Ball Arena, if I go to a game at Ball Arena, I I will wear a mask. By ch- my choice. Sure. By the way, speaking I will of- probably keep, and honestly, I think I will keep wearing masks on airplanes for the rest of my life. You know why? Because because you like the way they feel around your face. No, because there was something that used to happen 
multiple times every year during a Broncos season when I was traveling that has not happened in the last two years. I got sick after a trip. By that the hasn't way, happened. on a side note, uh, and I'm saying this from a very selfish point of view that involves you as well, mm-hmm. uh, when you were at the Combine, did you hear anything about the possibility of the NFL and the Players Association allowing the media back in the locker rooms? Yes. And what did you hear? Share with the class. Um, it is something. It is something that the that the league would like to see. Yep. It is something that more than a few players would like to see. It is not something that uh, the president of the NFL Players Association would like to see. Oh. Um, but That's the too league, bad. Why does he want the media? In there? Uh, I, uh, you You're know. afraid we're going to take pictures when they walk out of well, the remember, shower. Remember, he plays for Cleveland. I mean. <coughs> The league wants it. The teams want it. And a fair amount of players want it. Because, Is that a CBA thing? What? Who who makes that decision? Or does it have to be joint? It'll be joint. And a fair amount of players want it. And the sales pitch that has worked with a lot of players is this. If the only people media-wise that can go into a locker room are internal team media... Oh then what happens is this. It is much more difficult for a player to get their side of the story out. Correct? Yeah. Whereas independent media going in means that if a player is frustrated with something, then even if it's just as an anonymous you know, source or whatever, that they're or just kind of talking to a reporter off the record about something that was written or said, there are more opportunities to get their perspective into the public sphere. And that's, and that's why it's not every player, but, but more and more players have the, have the opinion that there is, there is value. And frankly, when you you realize it when you've lost it, right? You you don't know what you have until it's gone. And there, and there's the realization that uh, something, even on the player side, that something has been lost by media not being in there for those 45 minutes every day. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Russell Wilson on the move. Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. We've got another quarterback who just switched teams, and we'll talk about who might be next on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. No matter what age you are at, you'd be doing yourself a favor if you think about doing an estate plan, a will, a living will, and especially doing with my guy, Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. He worked with me and my fiance, and I feel total peace of mind now that it is done with that. Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So a lot of people believe, yeah, it makes sense to do this if you're married and you have kids. Why does it make sense for someone single to do this with no dependents? 
you know, in that circumstance, a lot of times it's even less clear. You kind of assume uh, if you're married or have kids, like, okay, you could probably guess what the law says in those circumstances, and you'd probably be right, right? If I have a spouse and I pass away, like, yeah, everything's going to go to my spouse. There are, there are of course, some caveats there uh, with stepkids and stuff like that. But uh, for most circumstances, yeah, my spouse. If I have kids, it's going to be split equally between my kids if I do nothing. Um, most people probably could not guess, you know, what would happen uh, if they're single and passed away. And, uh, you know, um, I actually had a client in the office the other day, and um, we were talking about this exact circumstance for a sibling, and uh, she just couldn't believe what the result would be. She's like, oh, I'm going to have to go call her because she's not going to be happy about that at all. And, you know, I had to confirm it with her about four times because uh, she just couldn't believe that that would be the outcome. Okay, <laughs> so, so, so without yeah. violating attorney-client privilege, what would the outcome have been? Uh, parents. I mean, parents are in the line, you know, they're next, right? So, yeah, so spouse, then kids. And if you don't have kids, then, you know, we're going to parents. And that relationship between adults and their parents, um, it's not, you know, it's uh, uh, not always great. we got a lot of people who come in here and say, I, I haven't actually talked to my parents or I haven't talked to my adult kids and in quite a while. I don't even know where they are. Um, so, um, and I have to tell them, like, look, if you pass away and we have to track down a parent, we're going to do it. We're going to hire a private investigator. We're going to go find that person. And, uh, you know, depending on what kind of mood they're in, they might be real difficult. And then we get out to siblings, then nieces and nephews. Then we go out to the grandparents' line and hit aunts and uncles. So now we're out into uh, movie territory where it's like, you know, the person finds out they inherited lottery winnings from some cousin they had in Ireland they didn't know about. (laughs) Okay, what about people who think, you know what, I have a job that pays me $70,000 a year. I have a little bit of money in a 401k. Yeah, it's it's really not worth my time to go see Dan. What do you say to that? I mean, you know, the whole process is not just about getting assets to people, like your debts and your obligations, like getting those wrapped up. So even if like you're single, you're living, you're renting an apartment, you know, I mean, somebody's got to deal with uh, ending that lease and dealing with that landlord and getting the personal property out of there. And uh, But why you would know, somebody we, care about that if they're dead? Yeah, I hear that about, a lot. About paying that. off bills. Why would I care about paying off bills? I'm dead. I'm done. I, it's even worse in those circumstances, right? I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness, somebody needs to figure this out. And, uh, you know, I mean, yes, you can have that attitude, and some people do. Uh, but uh, uh, most people have someone out there that they feel like, I don't want to make this too hard for them. So I'm going to do what I can um, to, to try and figure this out and understand what would actually happen. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, they can call us, uh, 303-578-2745. They can find our website at themckenziefirm.com. Dan, thanks for your time as always, and go, go Big Blue. How did yeah. I do? How did I do? Yeah, I went to Indiana. How did I do? Go Big Blue. Uh, you know, we're playing tomorrow. We're playing tomorrow. Okay. Basketball teams play tomorrow. All right. Indiana just, and Michigan. Just, just, well, listen, just just make sure that uh, you you know, your, your fill-in head coach doesn't punch our coach, okay? Um, just Jawan's behave yourself. Back. What's yeah, that? The suspension's over. She oh. won Howard's back. Oh, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. How you feeling? Okay, as an attorney, real quick, should he have gotten more punishment? No, no, no that was fine. That was enough. No, no, don't don't look at it as a <laughs> Michigan fan. I'm talking about should he have gotten more. Talk as a human being. He's lucky he didn't hit a player. That's all I know. Come on. Hit a coach. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I was actually skiing when I heard about it from somebody else in the line because I think we were wearing some Michigan stuff or something, and they told us Juwan Howard had hit someone. I was like, you know, I'm thinking of, like, uh, Woody Hayes, you know. That's how mm-hmm. his career ended. So I was worried, but I don't know. I think, uh, you know, people have come up with all these distinctions about being an open hand and not a fist and stuff like that. So um, I'm going with that. I'm going okay. with that. You're you're going with that story, and you are sticking to it. I rest my case, Your Honor. Thank you, Dan. Have a great day. All right, thanks. See you, pal. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the uh, second quarterback to be traded in this offseason has uh, become Carson Wentz. Washington Commanders, they didn't get their first pick. They were reportedly in on Russell Wilson for three first round picks they ended up trading third round pick this year a third round pick next year and swapping second round picks with the Colts for Carson Wentz any surprise at the package that they sent back to Indy and who was the next quarterback to land on a new team I'm not surprised at the package I'll tell you what the, the stunning thing for the Colts here is that they got the commanders to take that contract Right now, the Colts are sitting on $69.8 million of cap space. Now, almost certainly that's going to go, some of that's going to go towards a quarterback. And the name that is popping up more and more right now in connection with the Colts is Jimmy Garoppolo. The Colts and 49ers have made some trades in the past. They've got it. They've got a history there of working together. Um, getting the, the Washington to take that contract was just massive. For Indianapolis, which firmly believes from some conversations I had talking with people connected with the Colts uh, at the Combine, they believe that what they were missing, not that Carson Wentz isn't a competent passer, but what they were missing was leadership, the presence, the ability to make the team better. And say this for Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't have any of those problems. His teammates love him. For all his, he if they brought him. if they brought him in, he would bring exactly what the Colts feel like they're missing. And if he succeeded at doing that, you would add yet another legitimate Super Bowl contender to the conversation in an already stacked AFC. This was a great day for the Colts be, being able to recover what they could from Carson Wentz's contract at this point. I'm sorry, they did not recover. They did not recover. They, they got Washington to to take it. They did. It wasn't like Carolina where they had to pay off a chunk of Bridgewater's contract to pay to to pay him to go elsewhere. What do they give? What What do they give up in terms of draft picks again? Look, they they it's sunk cost. They know they made a mistake. They lost their first round pick because of it. You can't do anything about that. Recovering what they can in terms of space and capital to move forward. This was as good as they could have as well as they could have possibly done. You know what the best part about this trade is? 
the Broncos weren't mentioned being involved. I'm tired mm-hmm. of talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz and Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And fortunately, we will not have to have this conversation, hopefully, for another seven years. How do you think Washington fans feel today? In the last week or so, there were reports that their team was offering three first-round picks and uh, and other assets in a package to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Seattle didn't take it. Part of it is Russell Wilson was a bill with that no-trade clause had the ability to determine where he was going to play. My understanding is he, he used his no-trade clause with Washington. Mm-hmm. And there was another team he used it with. Do you remember who that was? Uh, not exactly. Oh, gosh. Do you remember? Was that the Giants? Yeah, Giants? Okay. Um, I don't know if it was, it was two teams. And I know Washington was one of them. Yeah. The only team he waved it for was the Broncos. That says a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, you're, you're a Washington fan right now. You had a chance to get a Hall of Famer, nah, and it didn't work out. You didn't want to go play for your – here's Carson Wentz who will, I think, prove to be just good enough to give him some heartbreaking losses. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was a Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention their sales staff. They can answer all your questions if you want to totally redesign your kitchen. Listen, you go to a big box store, you're buying a refrigerator. That's what you're getting. And you're not even getting great customer service. You're getting so much more Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, now that Russell Wilson is in the fold, I think uh, this is going to be the first time in a long time Broncos fans are truly looking forward to the opener. But who are the schedule makers going to make the opener for, for the Broncos? Could it be the Rams opening game of the season? Why wouldn't that be sexy? How about Russell Wilson going back to Seattle? I have my thoughts. Mace told me in the break, he definitely has thoughts. And he always has more thoughts than me. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Because he's smarter. Ah.